0: To give you some good news. And the good news is that our covenant-keeping God wants to answer your prayers. Amen. The good news is that our God of Hasid love hears you when you pray. Our God of mercy. Of compassion and loving-kindness says that he's already been teaching us for years on how to get a prayer through but because we're going back to the basics he's going to give us some additional insight this morning if you notice in your bulletin that the title of the sermon and put the first screen up the title of our sermon is how to get a prayer through Now we're going to leave this screen up for the entire sermon until the end. So God reminded me, when he gave me this sermon, he says, Remember, Joanne, there's two scriptures that you use to kind of ground you in knowing that God is going to hear and answer your prayers. There's two scriptures. The first scripture, and we're going to get ready and dissect it, Is on the board up here. For those on Facebook, it's 1 John 5, 13 through 15. And it reads, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. Now, brothers and sisters in Christ, I, I need to break this down because I need or God needs. I keep saying I, but God needs to get this from your head to your heart. So the first thing you need to ask yourself in breaking this down is who is this written to? Who in this scripture text that we just read, who is it written to? Now God is very explicit and he comes right out and he he tells you, he says, I write these things to those who believe in the name of the Son of God. I'm giving these promises to a certain group of people. I'm giving these promises to those who have repented of their sins and have committed their life to Christ. Now, brothers and sisters in Christ, I need you to kind of think about that because for some reason people want to pick up the Bible and believe that every promise in the Bible is for everybody. Amen. But every promise in the Bible is not for everybody. It says that those who believe in the name of the Son of God, or in other words, hooking it up with the sermon from last week, those who are God's blood covenant children. Mm -hmm. Those who are God's blood covenant children. Okay, those who have repented of their sins, as I said, and committed their life to Christ. So these promises are not for those who are outside of the faith. All right? Then you ask yourself, who was it written to? Now ask yourself, what are the promises that we have in the scripture? We know the promises is, I mean, it's written to us as born again believers. But what is it that God is saying that he has promised? He says here, the first promise is what? What is the first promise in this text? If no, the first promise in this text is that you have eternal life. Oh, yeah. okay. The first promise in this text is that you have eternal life right now. God says so many people walk around thinking that eternal life is only after they die. But remember what Jesus said. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, again, the one who believes in me uh, uh, shall never die. Do, do you remember him saying that in John, the uh, 11th chapter, verse 25, 26? Read it when you get home. So, God is letting us know that as blood covenant children, that we have the gift of eternal life. Right now. He says that uh, the fear of death is no longer supposed to have his grips on those of us who go by the name of Christ. Now that is supposed to give you freedom. That is supposed to give you freedom. Because God tells us in his word that he has uh, freed us from uh, 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 the fear of death. All right. So the first promise that God has here for those that believe, is that they will have eternal life. Now, brothers and sisters in Christ, I need you to understand that these promises were ratified, as I told you last week, by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, when he hung on the cross. Jesus became the blood covenant for us, and Jesus is the one who will assure or make sure that every promise that God has made in his word that it will belong it belongs to you and that you can stand on it. Amen. So what is the next thing that God promises in this text? What is the next thing that God promises in this text? It says, This is the confidence that that we have in approaching God You say pastor how is that a promise Turning your Bibles to Hebrews You're going to have to get this Turning your Bibles to Hebrews 4.16 Hebrews 4.16 The first promise that God made in this text Is that each of us that are born again believers Has eternal life The second promise that he gives to us is that we are to have confidence when we approach God? Mm-hmm. We are. You say, Pastor, what does, does that mean? Look at Hebrews four sixteen. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with what? Confidence. With confidence, so that we may receive what mercy, mercy and what By grace. and grace to help us win. in our, time in our t- God says. God says, if you want to get a prayer through, you have got to approach the throne of God with confidence. I like the way the King James version puts it, because the King James Version says, "Come boldly to the throne of grace. If you want to hear a uh, 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 hear from God, if you want to know that God is, is going to answer your prayer, then God says that you got to approach him, not all shaken in your boots, not all willing. You, you remember what God tells us in James? You, remember, you don't have to turn to this one, but you remember James, uh, the first chapter, verse six and seven, it says, when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. You remember that? Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea being tossed to and fro. That person should not expect to receive anything from God. You want to get a prayer through. You you wonder why your prayers are not being answered. God says you got to come to the throne boldly. You got to come to the throne with confidence. Confidence. Okay. Okay. Confidence in yourself? Confidence that you have been good enough? No. You've got to come to the throne confident that the God that sits on the throne wants to hear from you and he is willing to answer your prayer. He says, come boldly. That doesn't mean you come rashly. That doesn't mean you come demanding. That means you come with confidence of knowing who you are and whose you are. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you're not going to get a prayer through if you do not come according to the way that God has dictated. He says, when you come asking, be confident that he is hearing you and that he... He is hearing you and that he wants to answer your prayer. Amen. So what is the next problem? Promise. What is the next look 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 up look up here? What is the next promise that we have? Okay, God says that we are to have confidence when we come to approach him boldly so we know the first step in, a pr- in uh, getting a prayer through is being confident. Of who you are and whose you are. The second step. The second promise is what? The second promise is if we ask anything. It's on the board. If we ask anything. But notice he qualifies it. Notice he qualifies it. God said you want to get a prayer through? He said, you can ask me for anything, but it's got to be according to my will. Amen. You could ask me for anything and know that you're going to get the answer, but it's got to be according to my will. And that's where some people have an issue. That's where some people have a problem because they say to me, pastor, how do I know when I'm praying If something is in God's will or it's not in God's will. How do I, how do I know, Lord? I mean, Pastor, so that when I go, that I can approach Him boldly and I can approach Him with confidence because I know what I'm praying is according to His will. Well, before I try to show you what you can do to know exactly if it's in God's will, let me show you what you shouldn't do. Turn your Bibles to James 4. Three. We got a lot of scripture to look at today. You want to know how to pray? You want to know how to get a prayer through. We talked, this is our third sermon in this series, okay? God says James 4, 3 is going to show you what not to do. Now this one is one you are going to have to wrestle with God about. James 4, verse 3. When you have it, speak to me, Lord. Speak me Lord. Page Page 979. Okay, we want to give everybody an opportunity to get it. James 4, verse 3. You got it? Speak to me, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Now, I like the way the King James Version, the NIV kind of waters it down a little bit. But King James Version says it's strong and to the point. He says that you may spend it upon your own lust. Now, you got to know, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that there is a difference between your pleasures and lust. There is a difference between your pleasures and what you lust after. Do you understand that? Amen. I would ask you the definition, but I don't know whether anybody in here can give it. And I'm not even sure about whether some of you all are really into the sermon yet this morning or not. Because I, I, I need to stop looking at people's faces. But God says you ask and you're not receiving because you're asking for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. You say, well, pastor, how do I know if I'm asking it simply for my own pleasure or? Or my own lust. Turning your Bibles to Proverbs 21, 13. I'm trying to teach you something this morning. This is the last sermon in this series, but you want to get your prayers answered. Okay, you want to get your prayers through or know that you're going to get your prayers through. God said, you've been praying. You've been praying. And I'm not going to call you by name this morning, but you've been praying and some of your prayers have not yet been answered because you're praying for the wrong reason. Proverbs 21:13, what does it say? If a man or woman shuts his ears to the cry of the poor, he too will cry out and not be answered. You say, "What? How does this answer the question? If, if, if I'm praying and I'm praying only to satisfy my own lust. How does, that, how does that answer that? How does that explain that? God said, if you're asking for prosperity and you're asking for blessings and all of this other kind of stuff, and you're not asking so you can be a blessing to somebody else, then God says you're asking for your own pleasure, your own desires, your own lust. God said, so you see someone in your, in need and you don't reach out to them and reach out and try to help them in some kind of way. Then God says, when you cry out, I'm not going to answer you. Amen. Amen. Do, you, do you see the connection? Yes. Do you, he said, you pray and you have not received because you're asking for the wrong reason. Are you asking to be a blessing? So I mean, to be blessed so that you can be a blessing. If you're not asking to be blessed so you can be a blessing, God said you're asking for the wrong reason. Amen. And you wonder why your prayers are not. I mean, everybody in here should want to get these, these series of sermons, these three, from your head to your heart. Because God, as I started this sermon off, God wants to answer your prayer. Yes, he does. He wants to answer your prayers. He wants to. To bless you, He wants to, uh, you to be able to come boldly to the throne of grace because you know who you are and whose you are. He says it plainly here. He says, "If you ask anything according to My will, okay." You say, "What else, Pastor? How do how do I know if something is in God's will or not?" Well, again, I'm going to show you what is not in His will, and that'll help you. Mark eleven twenty five. You are the one that has got to sit down with God. And I'm saying this seriously from the bottom of my heart. You, not, you need to sit down and talk to God and say, Lord, are my prayers not being answered because I'm asking for the wrong reason? Sit down and talk to God. Sit down and spend time with him. Sit down and tune your ears to hear from him. Only you can do this. I can't do this for you. God says we got to examine ourselves. Talk to God. Am I praying with the wrong motives? And then he tells us in Mark eleven twenty 25. What is this? And when you stand praying... If you hold anything against anyone, if it's your Bible, you need to circle anything and anyone. You need to circle anything and anyone. God does not qualify it. He doesn't say if they did you wrong. He doesn't say if they disrespected you. He didn't say if they didn't do what you wanted them to do when you wanted them to do it and how you wanted to do it. God said, You are to forgive. You're not to hold anything against anyone, whether it's your child, whether it's your wife, whether it's your husband, whether it's your employer, whether it's your pastor, whether it's your friend, whether it's your boyfriend, whether it's your sister. God said, e- It does not matter. Anyone means anyone. If you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. God says, if you ask anything according to my will, what is his will? I'm showing you now what is not his will. It is not his will for you to walk around with an unforgiving spirit. Amen. 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 Mm-hmm. Examine yourself. It is not his will for you to walk around with an unrepentant, unforgiving spirit. You don't have to turn to this one. You can write it down. But Psalm sixty-six eighteen 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Mm. Mm. If I regard iniquity in my heart. The Lord will not hear. You want to get a prayer through. God is telling you right here. He says, I'll hear your prayers. We'll talk about that in a minute. But God tells us in Psalms, he says, I'm not even going to hear you. If you have iniquity and unforgiveness is iniquity. If I have uh, unforgiveness is sin, whatever in my heart against anyone. It's going to block my prayers from being answered. I love each and every one of you. but And please take this the way I'm saying it. But you're not important enough to block my prayers. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. I'm not saying that I don't love you. But I don't hold you to such a high esteem that I'm going to hold unforgiveness in my heart against you. And block my prayers from being answered by almighty God. Amen. No. Nobody, nothing, nothing should be important enough for you to hold on to it when you know it's going to block your prayers from being answered. Do y'all get that? Okay. God says these are the things that will hinder your prayers. But how do we know when we're praying according to God's will? God tells us if you ask anything, According to my will. Well, I can't tell you in some given situations what is God's specific will. I can't say it's your will, God's will for you to work at Procter & Gamble's. I can't say that, but I can say it's God's will for you to have a job and to work. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, I, I can't say that. Okay, but the thing that I want you to see here is that God says he has taught us this so many times and he's just teaching it to us one. Over and over again. But he says if you want to know what God's will is. Somebody in here tell me. Because I've taught this too many times. For you not to know. How do you know if you're praying in accordance to God's will. It lines up to the word God. Say that again. If it, lines up to the word if it lines up. Go to the word. And find a promise. That applies to your situation. Take that promise. And pray it back to God. And you know yeah. You say, I, I want to pray for my marriage. I want to pray that my marriage will be this, that, or the other. Then you need to take the scripture where God says, the two shall become one flesh. And you pray it to God and say, Lord, you say in your word that when we got married, that when we get married, that the two are supposed to be one flesh. Well, Lord God, I want to be one with my husband. I want to be one with my uh, wife. I want to be one in love. I want to be one in mind. I want to be one in purpose. I want to be one in my our spiritual growth as we grow in you. Lord God, you promised, you said, the two will be one flesh. So, Lord, I'm asking you for that oneness find the promise pray it back God will answer that because he said the two will become one flesh didn't he say that God's gonna honor his word God said he honors his word above his name how many times have I told you all that amen He honors his word above his name. He says, my word will go out and will not return to me void or empty. It will accomplish what it is that I intend for it to accomplish. What is it that you are standing in need of? You need healing. Go in the Bible, get the scriptures for healing. You need financial prosperity, go into the Bible and get what you said. I'll bless you so that you can be a blessing. Take God's promises and pray them back to God. And you know, look at what this says. Look at what this says. Okay. It says, we know that God will hear us. You know, how many times (laughs) has Satan told you, God's not hearing your prayers? How many times has he told you the lie? He's not listening to you, he's not hearing you. That's why, because this, that, and the other. God gives us right here. He said, if you pray in a court about anything, about your job, about, about your your children, about what God tells us in His Word, I will save you and my your household. So that's what you, when you have children that are having issues and they're walking outside of the circle of safety, then you pray that prayer. Lord, you promised that you would save me and my household. So Lord God, this child is a part of my household. This child may not live in my house. He may live all the way in Florida. He may live in Timbuktu or he may live in Alaska. But Lord God, he's still part of my life, a part of my house. So Lord, I'm praying. For you to bring that child in. Because you promised you would not only save me. But my household. The household don't mean they got to be living in your house. The household means they part of your family. Okay. Okay. He can't be any plainer. He says if we know that God hears us. If you know Sheree that God hears you then you know you have whatever it is that you prayed for. Now, I I don't know where the shout was. I don't know where the running around the bill, because we don't do, you know, I know we don't do that. But to me, that is so mind boggling that God says, you know that I hear you. And if you know I hear you, then you know that you have whatever it is Mm -hmm. that you prayed for. Do you see now why the uh, uh, second promise, uh, yeah, the second promise in this uh, text was that we can come boldly or come come with confidence? This verse should give you confidence. This verse should give you holy boldness to come and pray to God whatever it is that you're asking for. I I, I need God needs this to get from your head to your heart because some of you are still waiting on prayers to be answered and God says I'm waiting on you. Amen. That's right. That's you right. say you waiting on me. God say so you not waiting on me cuz I'm a covenant keeping God. Amen. And Glory. I showed you last Glory. week that every promise that Glory. was in this book is part of the covenant and because Jesus ratified the covenant, then he is making sure that every promise that God made belongs to us. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Confidence. Yes. Okay. I told you in the beginning of the sermon, I'm getting ready to close. Second screen, that there was two, two scriptures that God uses to keep me knowing that my prayers are being answered, that if they haven't been answered yet, that they will be answered. On the screen, it says, "For no matter how many promises, and I just told you to go in the word and find the promise, right? Mm-hmm. How many promises God has made? They are what? Yes. yes. They are what? Yes. yes. No matter how many promises that God has made in this book, everyone is yes in Christ because Christ has ratified the covenant and paid the price. He is the covenant. Yes, yes. Do you see that? You say, oh, well, maybe God's going to say no. God said, I'm not going to say no. Every one, he said, no matter how many promises, if you can count how many promises is in the word, and I can't, but no matter how many promises are in the word, the answer is yes in Christ. But notice what else it says. Notice what else this verse says. Okay, it says, and so through him, through who? Him, Christ. Through Jesus, the amen amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. What does that mean? What does that mean? The first part is easy. This part is easy too. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. What does that mean? If every promise of God is yes in Jesus... Mm -hmm. Okay, and through Jesus, the amen is what? Spoken by who? Uh, By us. So what's it saying? It's saying God is saying yes, and we're saying amen. Amen. The word amen means and so be it. And so be it. But I read yesterday and something, and I can't remember the second one, but there's three meanings from the original Greek word, amen. The one is the amen that we use, but the other one is faithfulness. So you're saying, when you say amen, you're saying faithfulness. You're saying, I know my God is faithful. So the yes that he said, Jesus said, I can say amen to it because I know I'm going to get it. Because God is faithful. Do you see that? Do you see that? So be it. It is come boldly to the throne of grace. Come to the throne of grace with confidence. Don't keep saying God hasn't answered my prayer yet. God has answered your prayer in in the heavenlies. It's your faith that brings it from the spiritual realm back into the physical realm. The answer is always yes. The answer is always yes. Can I get that from your head to your heart? No matter what it is when it's lined up with the will of God. The answer is yes. Amen. 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 This series on prayer. God said, put these principles. The first sermon was on what? How to pray. The second pre- sermon was on the power that empowers prayer, which is the Hasid love of God. Remember we talked about that last week? And this sermon this week is on how to... ask anything. Okay, according to God's will. God says, put them into effect... And start living in victory. Amen. Amen. Put them into effect and start living in victory. Start praising him for the answers. Being excited, expecting. You say, you give those people three more weeks. You don't talk about, I give these people three more weeks. My God has already done it. My God is, has already done. It is my faith. I'm going to stand on my faith. Okay. Not faith. And, oh, thank you, Father. He says to remind you that when you stand on your faith, that doesn't mean that you work up some kind of power inside of yourself where you know, uh, uh, by his stripes, I'm healed by a stripes, I'm healed by stripes. God says, no, when you're doing that, then you're trying to think that it's because you have conjured up this uh, this spirit that you're able to uh, uh, get your healing. Your faith is in the one who said it. Amen. Amen. Your faith is not in you. Your faith is not in what you say or do. Your faith is in the one that said it. And God said it, and that so settles it. So Amen. Amen? Let us pray. Oh, Father God, I pray, I pray, I pray that this message is not just received, but it will be put into practice. Mm. Lord God, you want to answer, our, and you don't want us walking around Worrying and being anxious, and uh, yet sometimes we get concerned about things, and we're supposed to. <clears throat> but being anxious about something means we're allowing it to control our lives, and we're not able to function because we're so uptight about whatever it is that's going on. Lord God, we know, we know whether we act like it or not. We know that we can trust you. Yes, Lord. I, I think it was Felice who, when she was praying, was talking. We trust you, Lord. And Lord God, we do. Mm-hmm. We trust you with our lives. We trust you with our children. We trust you with our finances. We trust you with our marriage. We trust you with our jobs. Lord God, we trust you with everything. And we know, oh, that you have nothing but good in store for us. Yes, Lord. We love you, Lord. love you, Lord. In the wonderful name of Jesus, my soul says, Amen. the hymn of preparation all heads be bowed and all eyes closed just for a moment